Hello, hello. This is Chris, seafarer turned designer. And this is Carl, nurse turned designer. Welcome to Design Shifters, a podcast on how people shift the design. Welcome to episode 2 of Design Shifters. We are here with Chris Gaw to talk about her journey and how she found her voice in design coming from being a performing artist, theater artist, and classical singer. So now, let's welcome Chris Gaw. Yay! Welcome, Chris! Hi! Happy how to be you, here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Thank you for being here also. So first of all, Chris... We've heard that you know you're a shifter from performing arts as a singer, uh, basically a an a an artist, and moving towards design. Tell us your story in a nutshell. Right. So, um, I started as a voice major in high school, studying classical singing, um, and opera, and I continued that until college, which is around a, a total of nine years. And um, during college, I was already taking some performance gigs, like corporate events, small shows, theater productions, basically different event bookings. And then um, after college, I worked part-time for an events company specializing in um, children's birthday parties where we embody different Disney characters and then we bring the children joy as we interact with them and perform for them. It's a really magical moment. I really enjoyed that job. And then after college, I also tried applying for a master's degree ab- abroad, but um, I didn't push through with it. So uh, when I graduated, that's actually the very pivotal turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that I wanted to do something else because... Although singing is really in my roots and it's definitely a passion, um, somehow I couldn't seem to envision myself doing it for the long term. Um, before it was really clear that, okay, I wanted to become a singer. But as I grew up and of course, as we realize things, as we face life, um, we shift. And the path towards that endeavor suddenly became blurry. And um, I want to do something else, but uh, I don't know what. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, basically. But all I know were three things. And that was, I know I'm always curious. I know I want something that involves health. And I know that I want something that is always new. So with that, I... I basically gave myself a discovery phase, a personal discovery phase, if you will. I, I tried to seek clarity on what that something else could be. So I tried different things during this phase. Like I, I studied music business. I tried to apply for a second degree for speech pathology and even tried a direct sales job talking to people, asking them for offers and whatnot. And even went as far as studying for med school. Because I, I, it, it may be like a, a 180 degree turn from what, I, um, from what I have been previously doing. 
But um, parang I have reached that point na uh, I that's the level of what I have been, what I want to seek for, and that's something else that I want to do. So it's very interesting for the sake of our list audience and listeners. What's I'm very interested on what is speech pathology and what happened to that endeavor. Oh, um, speech pathology. I, I'm not really sure if I can give a proper definition of it. Your but, own definition, man. Uh, they probably um, diagnosed any um, speech disorders, mm. and uh, I took that. I, I considered that endeavor because back in college, um, we would study diction and um, how to enunciate, how to speak better, and also since it, it's probably related to what I do or what I've been studying, which was voice. And I I applied for it, but sadly, um, I think the cutoff was very competitive. Mm. Uh, that's why it didn't push through. How about medicine? Um, for medicine, uh, well, I think I I there was a big influence then with with my family being um academics and um doctors even, and so I I considered that path. And also, another thing is, I felt that that field would allow me to provide help. Um, that help that I was looking for. Um, however, in the, in the middle of reviewing for the NMAT, uh, I auditioned for this uh, big musical. For this uh, Filipino musical entitled Mula Sabuan. And fortunate enough i was so mm. fortunate enough to have gotten the lead role and honestly that theater production is like one of the best life experiences i've ever had um getting to do a professional theater production yeah i think I'm, i i want to like understand also because um i can relate to chris goret once um in my in my also in my story uh, when i shifted from seafaring to design um, I know I want to be a designer, but um, there's a lot of uh, twists and turns to that. Um, in reality, I actually was a real estate seller. So you can see people in the mall, right? Like handing out flyers. Um, I was one mm -hmm. of those people for about yeah. five months. <laughs> but yeah, I, I um, just a side note, I haven't sold any condo. <clears throat> Sorry for <laughs> that. So yeah, I mean, if you are like finding yourself, finding your direction, I can I can somehow relate to this metaphor now. You are like jumping out on a cliff and somehow you're just finding um grab grappling grabbing out trees, grabbing out um any trunk that you can grab just to like find out what you want. And I think that is totally relate relatable. And um this is also something that most shifters that uh wanted to go through design, I think this is also something that they can learn that um, you don't really see a direct path, even though you already set your goal in one um, design path. There's always a lot of twists and turns that you'll probably go through. So, yeah, I want to understand, how was your, your shift from this exploratory phase uh, going towards uh, design? How do you, like, move your way to design? Um, how, how, did you, how did you move? Like, you're yeah, already your, in the time wherein you were singing, you were the lead uh, singer for um, this theater. Is, is it a theater? Yeah, it's a musical. Uh, a lead musical. Role. Mm -hmm. A lead role in this musical. And 
I feel like that's a very big thing, like a, a really big accomplishment. Mm. And then I want to understand, like right now, I think, are you still in in the musical? Are you doing part time musical now? Um, no, actually, the the musical ran like last 2018 for about two three months, and um, that that there's that it's done. the The musical production mm. is finished, and I proceeded to uh, continue uh, exploring like different theater productions then auditioning after after that specific role again back in the discovery phase of okay what is it what 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 that's what that's something else could be because ano eh, um i feel like you i may have hyper specialized at such an early age that mm. i felt that okay i there must be something else that i can do there mm. i could probably have a different skill set that I could utilize um, in a in a different field, and I wanted to prove that. So, um, so there, I I kept on it with my passion after that big role, but then the pandemic happened, mm. and all of a sudden, every every live event closed. You cannot perform anymore. People were jobless. I, I think the entertainment industry is one of the one of the badly hit um, uh, industries then of the lockdown as well. And then, um, so at the start of the pandemic, uh, I looked for avenues on, okay, how else can I keep performing? So uh, I became a live streamer um, for several months, but I continued to look for that something else until I met this person and who happens to be a senior UX designer. And he introduced UX design to me. Like, uh, of course, uh, I told him about my sentiments on, okay, I want to do something else. I want to be able to help. I'm always curious. I want something that's always new. And then he suggested, na, oh, why don't you try UX design? I mean, first <laughs> I, of all, sorry, sorry for cutting you off, but I'm just curious, like, did you meet this person in an event, uh, you know, in a UX event, in a UX community? Like, how did this person came into your life? Um, it's actually through an app. Well, we'll, we'll, yeah, it's through an app. We'll let people decipher that, okay. <laughs> that piece of information. Okay, I think I, I got, get it. <laughs> Sorry, you know, please continue. <laughs> but yeah, and um, so yeah, he introduced UX design to me, told me to give it a try, um, and in a way, he also mentored me during that time. So it was like a mentor-mentee relationship as well as being a quote-unquote friend, <laughs> if I may say. And okay. then, um, he so uh, around that time, he he exposed me to some of the different processes, like showed me some of his work, um, like with wireframing and all, and um, involved me in some of his projects for discovery. Like, I, I didn't even expect that, wow, okay, digital post-its could be so useful now. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. And um, part of the training was like, training. He, he invited me to, okay, try out the, this UX writing challenge. since. Um, I do write songs and mm. you I have a thing for words. So um why don't you give it a try? 
Um, and I did that and I would share for feedback even. And and I realized now, oh wait, in a way this is somehow kind of like design. This mm-hmm. um meticulous distillation of words aside from poetry, it will al- also serve a certain function in a landing page mm-hmm. to invite. So um there. So that's mm-hmm. like one of the first few things. And aside from doing the UX challenge, getting feedback, I also felt that, okay, I want to learn more. So I signed myself up for some IDF courses and um, tried to gain certification through that, even um, doing some of the practical projects just to be able to get my hands dirty uh, at Mm. the first time. And... um, Afterwards, uh, during that time too, I, we, my mentor and I tried building the port, my portfolio, mm-hmm. but which was actually just, um, which is actually just me trying to put words with his project. Um, but he said that, okay, you can include this in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I, I had that and then um, made a case study for that. And then afterwards, Okay, I have the certification. I have this portfolio. I need work experience. Mm. So I saw this um, opening from an Investagram saying that they're looking for an intern. And I, I still remember the email that I sent them saying that um, I'm definitely interested in your program, although I only have one project in my portfolio, but I'm eager to learn. I want to learn and I want to gain experience in this program. Mm. And that program was like a, a trial by, fi- by fire experience for me. Like I was thrown in a, in a vat of cliff to just really dive into U- UI UX, which was so fun. <laughs> which was so fun because like, oh, this is so unexpected. And I didn't expect that I would be scheduling, um, scheduling u- user interviews, conducting user interviews. And I would be uh, presenting these designs to stakeholders and whatnot, making wireframes, prototypes, even though since I was such a newbie then, like, um, okay, so just to backtrack, I, it only took me like four or five months um, since I started and discovered UX design. Wow, that's um, very quick. That's <laughs> very until, quick. Some, some people go through this like two, three Three years, yeah. years. But <laughs> yeah. that's, that's very quick. Until I jumped into that internship program. So um, it definitely pushed me <laughs> in the industry. And then, um, so yeah, uh, I did that. <laughs> the first designs that I presented were just so terrible. It was so bad, honestly. If, I, if I'm being honest with myself, uh, it was so bad. But it, it was fine because mm. I was I there for the there. experience. I think, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, I was I really a... there for the experience. Yeah, so, sorry to interrupt then, Chris. Um, I, I also want to understand because you have this uh, serendipitous discovery of uh, UX. Like you fell in love with UX through someone and then you just went through it and then you, you, you found your... your some of the, the stars aligned that you somehow have this skill in writing and also be able to showcase your your empathy. Um, 
Uh, I'm a bit curious because you mentioned you only discovered UX like months, and then you got this, you land this UX job um, without having any any experience, prior experience. How did you convince the hiring people that you will be the best person for the job, for that one sole role for the for Investagram? Um, I guess, although if I'm honest, like the the technicals when that when I presented it during my internship days, um, my technical skills were really not the best. We're really not at par because um, I was a newbie. But what I did demonstrate, display, and show, and explicitly like um, show them that I am eager to learn here. I want to experience this and um, I'm super open to any feedback that I can Um, I can use to improve. It, it's probably really that drive to constantly improve and to um, identify that, okay, these are things that I lack. These are some of my weaknesses. I want to learn from you. How do you do it? How how can I improve myself here? So um, I think the selling point was the eagerness and the attitude. And that's the thing, eh? Um, The technicals people can teach you. You can also learn that. You can also practice that um, in time and application. But the attitude to improve—that's the—that's something that could be uniquely yours. That cannot. Wow, be that's taught. that's that's a that's a really good lesson. And I want to go back to the time when you were when you were doing the UX writing, and you said that you realized. That you could use your passion for songwriting to translate it to UX writing. I'm curious, what other skills that you've learned in theater, in music, in the uh, performing arts, did you kind of like use and transfer into UX design? Was there a similarity? Was there a transfer of skills from from that from your previous role to your new role as a UX or product designer? Actually, I'm really surprised at how performance and UX design can be so similar. In fact, um, the other day I was make I was just making this list of things that are similar between UI and UI, UI UX and performance, um, just so I would know um what uh, what they specifically are. Um, so one thing I noticed is that, uh, for example, in In theater and in performance, we would do these character sketches, where as we uh, as we read the script, we would get clues on what the character is like, what are their dislikes, what are their motivations, and um, other tiny details that could help us um, embody the the character more for our acting. And I realized, oh wait, this is so similar with creating user personas, wow. that, and that's actually very trans transferable. And another thing is like even narrative plotting, uh, where we would okay plot. Um, this is the part in the story where the uh, the hero would um would. <laughs> I was about to say climax. Please edit that. Where the hero would um, <laughs> we'll add that <laughs> would be victorious even. Or this is the happy part, and this is where the things fall um would into difficulty and sadness and and um struggle and whatnot. And I realized okay, oh this. This sort of plotting um, is 
really close to creating a customer journeys. Yeah, I and can see like the, 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 the challenges is kind of like pain points, like you put yeah. on the pain points and all that stuff. Wow, okay. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's so similar because in a way, um, uh, like for example, I was advised that you can improve with constant practice and constant mm. application of uh, uh, in, in design. And I realized, oh wait, this is similar to doing rehearsals to um, practicing your songs until fully memorized. And so in a way, it, it, design is quite, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, some people say kasi that design is not art or something. It, it has to have a certain functionality, but art is um, expressive and whatnot. But for me, I see a sense of parallelism um, between the two, at least in terms of uh, honing the skill. Because mm-hmm. artists are not just like, okay, express, express, express this and that. In a way, there's, al- there's also a very analytical sense to it. Which nice. I thought, I think was very transferable to UX design. Exactly. I think the way you try to understand the, the characters you want to portray somehow aligns with understanding users. Because, yeah, in the end, the characters you play are basically humans too. So... You try to understand their pains. You try to also understand the character's pains. So yeah. that parallel somehow creates that um, overlap in the skill. There's uh, a lot of like empathy and learning about exactly even like human behavior because you need to you need to put in your your character. And in order to do that, I, I've I've heard about like really good actors going weeks and months studying the a person who yeah did this method acting method acting right so mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of like really a deep uh, another way to empathize to really yeah. see and act and feel and do what the other person that they're trying to portray is doing mm-hmm. very very interesting yeah and and even with rehearsals like for example um we we would try to rehearse a specific scene and the director would give notes or ask questions. Oh, why? Why would? Why did you make this um, acting choice? And then, okay, this is transferable. This is a design feedback, basically. So nice. yeah, um, the the similarities are so fascinating that I didn't realize that these were skills or these are instances that I've already experienced before that I can use in what I do now. Since you talked about the skills that were, tran- were transferable into UX design, my question would be like, where, did you have habits that stopped you from, from really going into like being confident as a designer? Uh, some people, they would talk about self-doubt or um, imposter syndrome. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you have that? And if you had that, how did you manage mm-hmm. imposter syndrome? Most definitely, most definitely, I've had, and probably still having even, um, imposter syndrome because uh, it, it doesn't go away, um, or in a way it is manageable. So uh, I think, um, some of the the habits or personalities or challenges that 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 prohibit that prohibits me from like being the best. Um, that I can be with this is that um, I do have a, a sense of perfectionism, like the, the fear of failure. 
back then um when i was uh singing like okay i really want to get this note right i really want to mm-hmm. hit this note and whatnot and um i i would be so harsh on myself about it but with ux kasi i realized na failure is part of the job mm-hmm. like in fact it teaches you how to fail which is amazing because the more um pain points or the more failures or difficulties that you encounter the more um you could see how it could be improved and um so i i think that's that's what's really fascinating to me and um in terms of in terms of imposter syndrome i think how i manage it is that i ensure that i'm exposed to a community of designers um to know that i am not alone in this that everyone at some point in their at some part in, of their career they would experience this and that's totally fine and um what could really get you out of it is to just create to not have that fear of failing and to just like what was mentioned in the previous episode to um create something imperfect and then see its potential and see how it can grow so um the bias to action talaga uh is what's so important so there yeah i think um just taking action is what helped me to get out of it um because you you mentioned that um your way of of overcoming the the what do you call this one the imposter syndrome is by reaching out to other people that there are other people in the industry who wants to help you um what are your sort of strategies or what are your tactics on really growing in the field like how are you how are you what are your your methods rather um what are your methods on really improving the field and being able to grow in the industry um I guess for me it would be exposing myself to really great designers to learn from them um and, and knowing my um knowing being humble enough to know that that I I'm still not there yet and having that humility and because you have that humility you have the openness to engage yourself with other people to learn from them on okay um how do you do that Can you teach me how? Can you tell me more about this? Uh yeah. So um yeah, exposing myself to different kinds of people, to different designers, how they think, how they work, how they create. And also constant learning, definitely. Definitely mm. constant learning. Like right now I'm uh currently make trying to um to complete a diploma just for further certification but also to further validate um what i know and to improve on what i already know so i'm studying again which um yeah the the learning definitely is endless so learning exposing yourself to people and creating i think yeah. i'm at this part where okay i need to return to my portfolio <laughs> I don't know. Is it just me, or um, do you yeah. guys also? We yeah. <laughs> also have to return to our portfolio. Actually, yeah. Actually, my, my latest portfolio probably is two years ago. I haven't updated mine. Mine also. You're making yeah. us guilty, Chris. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so 
sorry. <laughs> the, the podcast for you guys pala. Um, kidding. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think I do have to return back to my portfolio. Because uh, in a way, it, it's your actor's reel. It's your list of performances. And um, people will um, see your skills and how well you perform through that specific document. Which, um, yeah, you, you, I have to get back to that. And yeah, so those three things. Well said. Yeah, yeah I think the, the clear pattern is really having this beginner's mindset, right? Like always, um, always think that uh, you don't know much, that there's still a lot more to learn. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. very important to, to, not just to newbies, but to all of the designers because um, our field is constantly growing. It's constantly yeah. shifting. Um, right mm-hmm. now, we can probably think that the, the, the what do you call this, wearable UX is new. Uh, AR UX is new, but yeah, everything is really growing. Someday it will probably be, be a norm. So yeah, having that constant beginner's mindset is really very important. That's what I always yeah. see also with most um, designers, uh, especially product designers in the field. They're always investing in growth. So they will go to like get certified, they'll get diplomas, buy a lot of books, uh, just to really learn more about this field and yeah i'm happy to to see that the especially in the philippines that design and ux product design is growing that's uh that's a really clear indication that uh, people are accepting that design can improve you know lives Uh, i know it's a very big statement but design is important in improving our daily lives because we interact yeah. with, you know, especially applications, uh, things, systems. So we have, we need to have a layer of, de- we need to have some form of design there that's functional and empathetic so that we as humans can use them as how we think and not really like computers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and just to add to what Chris um, said about the beginner's mindset. I, I always have this quote in my head. Um, every day is day one. Yeah. Every day is day one. So that that really humbles you or that really um, puts you into place with the level one mentality. Now, okay, this is a new day. How can I learn? What can I learn? What can I what new thing can I discover today? It, and it can be as small as possible or it, it can be as small as possible with your, um, like even going to a, a new website or seeing how it flows and discovering even um, pain points or like the process here is kind of weird. You, you know, that kind of um, newness that, that you can put into your life uh, as a designer. Aside from, of course, the boundless amounts of articles that you can find on Google to um to learn more concepts or um learn to get more ideas uh from other people. Uh everything is just definitely interconnected eh? and it's it's that openness talaga, and eagerness yeah. to learn. Yeah. So there's a lot oh, okay. Yeah there, there's a lot that you said there, Chris. And for a newbie or for someone who wanted to shift also into product design or design in general what would be like one skill 
that you could, you know, you could tell them that, okay, you as a new designer, practice this skill and that would make you, that would help you flourish in the industry? What would be that one skill? Um, I think as a performer, I would say that I have a bias towards storytelling. Because mm. <laughs> although, um, okay, people say uh, storytelling is a soft skill, but actually it's not. It's very vital to get your buy-in with your stakeholders or mm-hmm. your clients. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the, the narrative is uh, so impor- important, even with um, explaining your design process, how you got into towards that solution. And um, storytelling can even be seen with landing pages. Uh, honestly, um, la- landing pages are so fun for me. I don't know why, if it's just me. But when I encounter a, a landing page, it's like stepping into the stage. What is your first impression of that, um, that performer? The website is the perfor- performer. Um, what is it wow. trying to say first? And then as you scroll down, it tells the story, tells the message, it gives the mood of the song even with the words or the choice of copies there. And um, yeah, so, so like the landing page is the song. <laughs> I don't know if that was a, a correct analogy. No, that's, that that's was a, a really analogy. interesting analogy. And I can also see that but sometimes when you look at websites, especially now when we have templates, we have components, when you look yeah. at the website, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten websites, they, they look the same. Yeah, They're so bland. Exactly. But mm-hmm. when you see this website that you just feel like so drawn to it and you, mm-hmm. when you internalize or when you, when you think about it, like, wow, I like this website because this website tells a story. This website mm-hmm. has something, like has a character. And when you talked about the, uh, what, what did you say about the, 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 the person, the, the person in, sta- in the stage, like mm-hmm. when you look at that person, you automatically automatically will like a person if that person has a character. Someone goes yeah. in and you, mm-hmm. you automatically know this is the hero or this is the villain, right? You, yeah. you get drawn to that. And I think that's a really good analogy with websites because when you look at a website, like I, I can tell that this is like, I'm going to have fun with this. It's, yeah. th- that's very mm-hmm. nice, actually. That's a very nice analogy. Yeah, so storytelling. Super vital, and in a way, then, because it's a way, um, it's connecting with people, and um, isn't design also a way for us to connect, to um, to engage, engage others with? So mm. yeah, that's probably yeah. a skill that's super important. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that performance is like setting an impression, like right? uh, pretty much like a website. Um, can you share us your your story on your Leia Salonga experience? Uh, we are we are curious and really, <laughs> I mean Leia Salonga is a is a hero. We've She's heard like that. hero of <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> from Mulan to whatnot. Oh my gosh. I look up to her so much. And it's so cool that I have friends who are actual friends with her. And like, oh that that gives me so a, you're not a friends. <laughs> Um, I, I could message her. I don't know. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Miss Leia. I, I look up to you. Yeah, we've heard that you you actually had an opportunity to work yeah. or share mm-hmm. the to stage with, with Leia Salonga and perform with her. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I was invited for this performance as a like a tribute concert of Ryan Kayabyab songs for uh, a fundraising concert naman siya. And the roster of artists there were so amazing. Um, like, John Arcelio was there, Lea Solongo was there, Jed Madela, Jaya. Um, really, really awesome people. And I never would have expected that I would get to share the stage with them. Um, and even getting to sing with them, it, it was amazing. Miss Lea, I, I don't know, maybe I was just super shy to step up her and introduce myself but uh yeah but um she's she's amazing her her voice though in person even hearing it live on stage is just definitely amazing it's it was a wonderful experience um a whole new world it's a whole new world (laughs) a whole yeah definitely it is (laughs) you ran out of questions No, I, I actually, um, I'm thinking about like letting Chris do a sample, but I don't think, I, I think it's, what? is it, will, will that be, will that be materialized here? Like, Chris, can you give us a, <laughs> a song or something? Oh sample? my goodness. But no, 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 please don't, um, if you, if you are not, um, open to it. So it, I'm, it's, I'm it's, open. Okay, okay. Will it be edited? <laughs> <laughs> this will be probably in our B-roll. Um, if it's too long, uh, if how how many? I think we're still good, right? With with our uh, two uh, one hour, we're still at an hour. Yeah, uh, I think we are still thirty nine minutes to the service. Okay. Uh, oh, so we were talking about Lea Salonga and one of her, and we were saying a whole new world. So it was like <laughs> a whole new world. A dazzling place I never knew. But when I'm way up here, it's crystal clear. Now I'm in a whole new world with you. I don't know if I got that Woo! lyrics right. <laughs> oh man, that, that that gives me like um chills. Like my my hair would 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 stand up. Like just ah, those. Those notes, there are just certain yeah. notes that would give you chills, and yeah. those like, like what you what you sang right now, Chris. You you just hit that that note. Those micro interactions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the micro animation of the notes. <laughs> I think I'm just trying. I'm trying so hard to like uh to like. Uh, make it as close to what I do as possible to make it familiar. Because, Shemper, when you're shifting, um, you you want to hold something, hold on to something that is familiar yeah. to you to see how well it would work with what you do. So yeah, yeah. thank you, thank you, Carl. Thank you, super sweet. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I, I have a question because you still somehow retain that um that that bravado, no, not bravado, but this 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 finesse in singing and still you are like developing your skills in design um and i know like as a singer you have totally well you mentioned you have that parallel skills but what were the the mindset you had when you were a performance artist and what were how much of that did you retain and how much of that did you did you like unlearn in order for you to learn design 
Um, actually, I don't think I ever unlearned anything from singing. It's just, it's like a no, eh? It's a, the voice is a muscle, as they always say, and um, it's basically just putting that muscle to rest for a while, muna. Mm-hmm. But um, the things I've learned with with it comes to singing, um, it, it will never go away. The it will never go go away. Um, uh, I've rehearsed a lot to to still be familiar with where the voice should be should be placed and whatnot. But um, basically, like just tucking a skill away, and even pulling pulling that skill from time to time to be beneficial in my design practice. Like, okay, I'm gonna present. Uh, prototype today with clients and stakeholders. Let me pull out performer Chris, who's <laughs> going to be comfortable to present things um, with an audience and ready to take questions or ready to hear people out. Ganon. Um, that that kind of interaction um, that I still got to use uh, from time to time with my singing skills. So uh, in the, and performance skills. So uh, yeah. Really that. I hope I answered the question. Yeah, 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 totally, question? totally. So yeah, so, I'll, I'll probably ask the last question if if that's okay. Although I really like, if we were there in Manila, we could really hang out. I think we will be talk. We'll talk a lot. Chris, Most like, definitely, I, yeah. I think we're <laughs> we're gonna have so many discussions, and where we're just gonna share a lot of things it's gonna be so cool please let me know if you're going here in manila yeah <laughs> yes yes or you when you when you're gonna go to cebu oh so yeah we can, we can meet you yeah and that'd be awesome yeah because we love we love your energy it's 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 so positive it, it makes us smile i think it's it's the performer in you or, or it's just you like probably it's just you it's probably like, just, it's just me. you as your personality and so my last question would be if you have if you were going, if you were going to advise younger Chris on her journey when she was starting out into moving into or shifting into design, what would your advice be to younger Chris, and why that advice? Um, you mean what would I advise to younger Young, Chris? younger Chris when Chris was? I think that was last last year, right? When you were trying, mm-hmm. when you were starting to shift. Yeah. Uh, what would you advise uh, younger Chris? What would you tell her? Um, I think uh, I would tell keep building on your portfolio. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, not that. Um, I would probably advise her to or I would tell her if I were talking to her, I'd say um, hey, failure is really part of it. And you would probably have never ex- you would probably never expect that you would get at this point and you still have so much more to go you just started and that's okay you can don't be re- don't be too hard on yourself i think i that's what i would tell her don't be too hard on yourself don't be in such a huge rush to be the very, very best because everyone goes um, through this journey, through this process at their own pace. And um, 
yeah, the reason why I would say that is because uh, I'd probably be too much of a perfectionist or uh, I'd get too hard on myself or when it comes to achieving things or getting things done. Ganyan. Pero, um, we're not really getting things done because it's really part of the part of it. But yeah. I, I would I would tell her na um yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Be patient. Be patient with your progress and honor your progress. Honor what you would create. Um because it's it's part of your story. It's part of your narrative. Be that landing page. <laughs> be that la- That was so weird. Crystal, you are a landing page. And you're still scrolling, infinite scrolling, forevermore. Oh <laughs> it's really a good so, metaphor, though. Of your life. You're an infinite scroll. So, you're an infinite scroll. You're, you're, you're a beautiful landing page. Isn't that yeah. bad? Because that's really triggering your dopamine. Like, what's more? What's more? What's more? It's a dopamine, what you call that? Um, like a machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot the term. But I think that's that's life, right? Um, we go through life always in this constant anticipation of what's next. Like we're always waiting on what's next. So pretty much like an infinite scroll. We're just scrolling what will be next. Will this be? <laughs> will this be our? <laughs> that was such a good analogy, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Chris, and it was a very wonderful um, talk and. Very insightful and a lot of we really like the way you told your story because we we, we saw it as like you come, you came from you know uh, artistic theater singing background and you just brought us into your like into a storyline of ups and downs up, up to a point where you realize like oh this the skills that I have on my previous role are very much transfer transferable here. And I've used that, even though it wasn't perfect at first when you said about when you presented your design, um, when you presented your design, your first design to stakeholders, it wasn't perfect, but you're trying to learn. You see things as, as a, like, this is day one. I can still learn. I can still grow. And that was a really, really good story that I am confident. I'm sure that our audience, our listeners, yeah. can get value and because some of them might already be in this journey and are too hard on themselves and when they when they know about that they kind of say oh yeah like that's just part of the journey when you're shifting from different careers that's just part of, of the journey there's a lack of clarity but you grow every day so thank you for sharing your, your story Chris thank you so much thank you so much for um, giving me the space to share my journey as well. And I do hope that uh, to any of the listeners who heard it, um, I hope it would have inspired in some way and gained some kind of insight even. Uh, that's really the goal from here. And um, if you're in this journey, um, have the impulse. Have Follow that impulse to jump. Follow that impulse to jump. Because I, I experienced that with auditioning. Like, my friends would say, or I would say, na, oh, I might not get the role anyway. But they would always say, try mo lang. Try mo lang. Hmm. Try mo lang. And see how it goes. 
And I'm just so happy that, okay, I'm here in an industry of design. In the industry of design where you could try things, see if it works, see, test it even, and um, mm. see the results. So um, go with that impulse. If you find that opportunity, you know, like your portfolio is all nice and laid out, um, keep the faith talon and do it. And you'll be surprised where it would lead you. So, yeah. Trust. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this interview about how Chris finds another voice in design. So that wraps up our episode two. Chris Goff from Singer to finding another voice as a designer. If you like this episode, follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you can be updated to our upcoming episode. I would like to thank attorney Ayan Mantikahan, our sound editor, Dermak Padua, our graphic designer. This is your host, Chris Torregosa, and Carl De La Cruz, my co-host. Thank you for listening. See you in our next episode.